Welcome to the podcast, Facing the Facts, a path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. I'm your host, Tony Laprino, here with a new episode. How to crush it with cash, no matter what the economy says. And this is for every entrepreneur who wants to build your own bank, make massive profits, and build a more profitable business without having to waste your time chasing a rate of return. All right, here we're going to do, we're going to continue down the road of the infinite banking concept from Nelson Nash and understanding the becoming your own banker concept. And we've been covering this over the last three episodes. So if this is the first episode that you were tuning into, it's not going to make any sense. So go back to the last couple episodes and uh, get yourself caught up. And again, thanks for all the listeners for reaching out, for listening uh, week in, week out. I really do appreciate it. If there's something that you want to hear, if there's a topic that you want to go deeper into, please reach out. And if you like what you hear, if you like the episodes, please go on to iTunes and leave a review. It's a huge help for me and I would greatly appreciate it. So we're going to dive right into this. And here's the scoop for this week. We are going to talk about three things. The problem, we're going to talk about the basics of banking and we're going to talk about creating your own banking system. So step number one in talking about the problem What do you think the major problem is in today's world when it comes to personal finance? If you said debt, you nailed it. One of the biggest problems inside of our world, inside of our personal finance and our own personal economies is debt. Student loan debt, credit card debt, mortgage debt, car loan debt, you name it. It's debt, right? That's what we're taught. We're taught to follow this American dream, and I've talked about it many times, is that we're taught to to go to high school, go to college, buy a house, get married, buy cars, buy this, buy that. And it's all done by financing. It's all done by getting money from an outside source like a bank or a creditor and putting everything on a credit card and just making your your monthly payments. I mean, that's the first thing they talk about when you go to buy a new car, right? Well, where's your comfort level for your monthly payment? It focuses on monthly payment. College is so ridiculously, outrageously expensive. And Most people who want to go to college and want to further their education, they feel that that's the most logical next step is to go into college. And in order to do that, you have to take out student loans. And when you take out student loans, you bury yourself in debt and you're putting yourself behind right from the get-go. And this is just something that we've been taught. This is something that I've lived. This is something that we continue to live inside of my own personal finance and inside my own life. We graduated, my wife and I graduated from college back in 2000 and. Uh, 2006, maybe? Yeah, 2006. Now she was, no, that's not right. I was in 04. She was in 04. She, yeah, she was 2004. I was 2003. Something around there. It was a long time ago. However, the, the point of this whole thing is that we both had student loans and I was able to tackle mine a little bit quicker than my wife. Uh, however, she's still, she's still paying on hers. She still makes monthly payments on her student loans some however many years, 20 years. God, has it really been that long? No, less than 20 years. Anyway, it's been a long freaking time. But what, what happens? What happens when you're buried in debt? When you're buried in debt and you, and you owe money to the creditors and you owe money to the banks, then you have to go and do what you have to do to pay that back. Or you end up losing things, defaulting, maybe losing your house, maybe losing your cars, maybe putting yourself in, into bankruptcy, that is the response that happens. And, and the pain for all this is, you know, you got to take jobs that maybe you don't like. Maybe they're not in your field. Maybe it's not something that you want to do. It's not ideal for you. 
Maybe it takes a lot of time away from your family. Maybe it takes a lot of time away from things that you love to do, your passions, but you're stuck in debt. Spending and financing. That's the next topic is spending and financing. If you want something different, a different outcome in your life, you have to change who you are and you have to make adjustments inside of your own world. So if you want something better financially, if you want to put yourself in a better position financially, then you have to take a look at where you're spending your money. Where are you financing your money? Where are you financing the things that you buy? Are you putting everything on a credit card? Are you paying cash for it? When you go to buy a new car, are you, are you financing it through the bank? You see, when you finance things through the banks and you, and you finance things through the credit cards companies, you're making them exponentially more profitable. So if you're making them more profitable, what if we flip the switch a little bit? And we'll get into this here in just a few minutes. What if you flip the switch on you know, the, the basics of financing? Because usually they, the bank will go ahead and give you money, but it's at a cost, right? It's at an interest rate. And then you go and make those payments plus the interest rate. That extra money is going to the bank. What if we flip the switch and that, and that extra money, the interest was coming into your, into your pocket? Wouldn't that be a great deal? How do banks make money anyway? I just really laid it out to you. It's pretty basic. You put money into a bank, they're going to pay you X amount of dollars for your money to be sitting in there. If it's a savings account at this point in time, uh, it's less than 1%. It's nothing. So when you make a deposit into a bank account and it's sitting inside of there, they all of a sudden have some leverage to be able to use that, to lend that out to other people. They could turn around and they lend that out at an interest rate to purchase a car or to purchase a house. And then that person goes and makes payments back. They receive the interest back and they rinse and repeat many, many times, increasing their profits exponentially. So Let's think of this, this example about the amount of profits. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, how would you like to have massive profits inside of your own business? Let's take a look at interest rates back in the 80s, back in the 90s, and back to in, in today's world. So if you go ahead and let's say, for instance, if you were in the 80s, like I was, and you, you wanted to build a savings account, and you go in and, and you make a deposit, or maybe you wanted to buy a CD. CDs were pretty big, right? They were big back in the day and they had pretty good rates of return. So let's say you bought a CD, a five-year CD at 9%. The bank was going to pay you 9% in order to have that, that CD out. And then they turn around and they would loan money out at 15%. It seems like it'd be a 6% profit for the bank, wouldn't it, right? That's, that's pretty logical, but that's not the case. The case is that's a 66% profit for the bank. Well, we're going to make some adjustments and we're not going to pay you so much for having your money sitting in the bank. That's, that's not what we're going to do. So we're going, to, we're going to fast forward to the 90s. In the 90s, they did the same thing. We're going to keep that same ratio. of the, We're going to get a CD and the CD is going to pay you 3% for having your money there. But then you're going to go and get a mortgage and your mortgage rate's going to be 9%. Is that a 6% profit for the bank? No, it's not. It's a 200% profit for the bank. How many times do you think they do this with their money? With your money that's sitting in there, they're leveraging it multiple times. They're going to pay you 3% for it sitting there. They're going to turn around and they're going to use your money to lend that out to somebody else to buy a house at 9%. 200% profit multiple times. Look at today's CD rate. So let's 0.5% maybe. What are housing rates now? Housing rates are still pretty low, right? 3 4%. Well, guess what? That profit range is right up there in the 200%. So 
If you had if you had a business, how would your business be different if you had profits that high? Anywhere from 66 to let's say 200, 250%. Would your business be in a different position? You damn right it would be. Is this a possibility for your business? You damn right it is. You just have to understand how the money works and that there's only one pool of money inside of this world. You either pay interest or you lose interest. So you're going to make the banks rich or do you want to make yourself rich? Do you want to profit on your own money or do you want somebody else to profit on your money? That's the question. So here's another, here's another issue that comes up is savings. Savings. Do we save enough? How much do you think the average American saves throughout their lifetime? Not very much. Not very much at all. Maybe 2%. Maybe. But here we're taught to chase a rate of return. The amount of money that flows through our hands throughout the course of our life is tremendous. But then we have to pay costs. Then we have costs that we have to take care of, right? We pay money on taxes. We pay money to the debt. We pay money for lifestyle. And after all is said and done, we're left with about a savings rate of about 2%. And it just simply doesn't cut it. But it's not necessarily the act of savings, the the physical amount of putting money into a savings account and saving it. You see, we're taught to chase this rate of return. So all of a sudden, we're told to go and save our money inside of our qualified plans because it's easy. It's easy to set up monthly deductions. Maybe there's an even employer match. Or if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, uh, there's tax advantages, right? There's tax advantages to using an IRA or a SEP IRA or a traditional IRA whatever it is, some form of qualified plan. And you go and put your money in, that's where they say to save that, right? And chase that rate of return. Do you think that you would have a better outcome if you were just to cut down on your debt just a little bit or cut down on your, save on your taxes just a little bit or save a little bit on your lifestyle and then put that money in a place that you know what's going to be there when you need it opposed to chasing a rate of return? You see, we're just taught to follow a system that's broken and it keeps you stuck. So step number two, let's understand the basics of banking. So we can, maybe, maybe you're out there listening and saying, wait a second, maybe I can, maybe I can do this. Maybe I really should take a look at another alternative to Wall Street. Maybe I should take another alternative and and take a look at another way to save my money and increase my cash flow without additional risk. You see, it really doesn't matter where you're putting your money. If it's inside of a variable account on a qualified plan or wherever it might be, a stock, a mutual fund, uh, or a money market, it doesn't really matter. It's still risky. It doesn't matter what they tell you. Risk is the likelihood of loss. So let's talk about the basics of banking. If we want to build our own bank, if we want to build our own bank, let's say, for instance, if you if you look at your local bank outside in your own town, what did they have to do to build that bank? They had to have capital, right? They had to have capital to start this business. And then they have to have members or they have to have people who are willing to deposit money into their bank. And then they have to have people who are in need of money to lend that out to. So they can do this many times over and over and increase their rate of return and increase their profits and keep turning the money and turning their money and turning their money. That's the basics of banking. So what if you could do this for yourself? What if the system is already built there and you don't have to buy this big brick and mortar and have $20 million to put into a brick and mortar bank? What if the system was already built for you? You see, the system is built for you already. Now, let me ask you another question. And I really mean this is a serious question. If you were, 
if you had to choose, if you were forced to choose a place to put your money and said you had two options, option number one is a proven system that's been around for 200 plus years. Option number two, an unproven system, an unsecure system that's only been around for maybe 40 years. That's generous. Mid-70s. Most likely, you would take something that is proven over 200 plus years with safety, with security, versus something that is unsecure and has only been around for not even a fraction of the time. And it is not proven. It's proven to fail. But that's not the world that we live in. See, that's a just amazing marketing that is put out there. To follow the eighth wonder of the world, the 401k, versus something that's already built for you and that has been around and stood the test of time and is proven for over 200 years. Creating your own banking system through dividend-paying life insurance. This is what the infinite banking, this is the structure, this is the vehicle, this is the bank that you can create inside of your own personal economy. But it's not so easy because it's not, it's not shown and it's not put out there to the masses. Why? Because they don't want you to know it. They don't want you to know that there's another level of prosperity. Their systems on Wall Street and the qualified plans and the typical financial planning are built to only get you so far. And they're built to keep you from going into poverty. They are not built for prosperity. And most people think that these have to be followed by the masses and that they that the wealthy can only take advantage of these types of things. Well, they're absolutely wrong. That is not true. I am not somebody who's sitting here telling you this and has lived it for a couple of years now and know people who have been living it for years after year after year, 30 plus years, and they are not millionaires. They are not the people that you see on the magazines or in the headlines or on the news. They're just average people who live by a very clear set of principles and they valued their money and they valued their hard work. They valued their family. They valued their business. And when you work hard for your money, you want to keep it. I don't want to give it up to anybody and hope that it's going to be there later on down the road. So when you build your own bank using dividend life insurance, the principle number one that you have to understand is that you, you finance everything that you buy. You either pay interest to somebody else or you give up interest that you could have earned. This is called opportunity cost. This is not covered inside of the typical financial planning world because all they focus on is accumulation, filling a bucket, making it as easy as possible for you. Here, go ahead. Just dump your money inside of here. Everything will be okay. What they don't cover is the opportunity, the amount of money that it's costing you to participate and put your money inside of there and let it sit stagnant for year after year after year after year and not having it multiplied, not having it flow, not having control over it. And we talk about inflation. The inflation rate of 3 or 4%, if you go back, however old you are, if you go back to when you, when you were, I don't know, in high school, however many years that, that was ago, uh, for me, you know, I, I can remember back, back into the 80s when, when gas prices were 99 cents, milk was only about a buck, maybe two. Today, you're at 3 $4. The dollar that you had back in the 80s doesn't have the same purchasing power as it does in 2020. So the question that you got to ask yourself is that the money that you put inside of your qualified plan 15 years ago when you first started because they told you to start early and put as much money in as possible, take it out as slow as possible, don't ever touch it. Do you think that money that you put in there at the beginning is going to have the same purchasing power when you're 65, 70, 71 when they make you pull it out? No way. Principle number two, engineering as the owner. So you have to build this thing. You have to engineer it. You have to build it. 
Are you the owner of your qualified plan? Are you the owner of your 401k, your IRA? No, you're not. The government is. Are you okay with that? I'm not. I want to be the owner of my own business. I'm the owner of my own bank. This is a contract between me and the insurance company. I'm the owner. And with owner, you get guarantees. Guaranteed amount of cash value. Guaranteed loan, loan availability. That's power. That's control. That's safety. That's security. That's something that's been around for 200 plus years. But it's not made to the masses. It's not made known to the public. Unless you find the right people that are willing to share this. The people like myself who are willing to take a stand about against the misinformation that's out there in t- in, inside of the financial world today. So when you're, when you're the owner of the, of the policy and you're the owner of the company, you are the owner of your money. And they have a contracted obligation to pay you back. Every single dollar that's inside of there that's guaranteed is back dollar for dollar 100%. You can't say that if you go to your local bank. You can't say that if you go to your, your qualified plan broker dealer. Is all the money that's in here back 100%? Not a chance. Principle number three, getting better no matter what. When you go and have capital and you put money into your bank, you start your own personal bank, you put you, you upfront cost, you build this thing, you put money in there, and then regularly you deposit it. And then the insurance company pays you dividends. They pay you interest. And when those dividends are paid, that money that's in there becomes guaranteed. It continues to get better. It continues to get better year after year after year, deposit after deposit after deposit. That business, that bank becomes bigger. It becomes bigger every single day, every single deposit, every single year without breaking up that compounding interest. How powerful would that be? How much do you think it costs when you have a downturn in the market? How many years do you lose? How many more years do you have to work to make up that difference? Do you even see that? How many years do you have to work? How much is it costing you in fees just to participate? Where on the other side, you could sit here and you could put money into your own business, have guarantees. You could have access to your money. You could have it being protected. You could have tax-free growth. Because those dividends that are paid that become guaranteed inside of the tax law, that's considered a return on premium non-taxed. Pretty powerful. But we're taught to go and pump money into our qualified plans because we're going to get a tax savings, right? You're going to get a tax savings when you go to pull your money out in 20, 30, 40 years. But they can tell you you can't touch it until you're 59 and a half or they're going to penalize the shit out of you. And then they're going to go and tax you. So they go and tax you at an unknown tax rate. Taxes going up between now and when you retire? Who knows? What's your tax rate right now? Bet you know that. So would you rather pay tax on a, on, a, on a number that you know what the tax rate is at this point in time? And would you rather pay tax on a smaller amount, a smaller deposit than the entire thing, the entire seed, or the entire harvest, I should say? Logical sense tells you that you want to pay tax on something that you know in a smaller amount versus an unknown at a larger amount. But that's not where we're taught. So here's the point of all this. As far as an entrepreneur is concerned, addressing the problem first. Becoming very clear on what that problem is. And it's, it's understanding that to increase your cash flow, if you want to get unstuck, if you want to reach financial freedom, then you have to have a clear plan to eliminate your debts. You have to understand what, what your debt is, what your good debt is, what your bad debt is, and having a clear plan to focus on that to eliminate it. 
when you when you don't owe anything to the creditors and you don't owe anything to the banks and you don't owe anything to anybody, you are free. But then that also increases your cash flow. Here's where the gurus screw up. As they go and tell you to, to they do a great job for you to eliminate your debt and focus on it, eliminate it, take just take massive action on eliminating your debt. And then as soon as you increase your cash flow, go ahead and turn around and put it into a mutual fund. Put it into your qualified plan. What good is it if you go and increase your cash flow X amount of dollars, you feel real good about yourself and you turn around and you give it to the market and give it to Wall Street, you turn around, you lose it all. Not very good, right? But what if there was an opportunity? What if there was a way that if you had a banking system set up and you go ahead and you focused on your debt, you focused on eliminating that debt and you became financially free from all the creditors and all the mess that is out there that's holding you back and keeping you stuck and all of a sudden your your cash flow increases and you take that cash flow and you put it into your bank. You put it into your bank as a deposit. It becomes guaranteed. It becomes liquid. And all of a sudden, you have massive action where you can leverage that and invest it inside your own business and increase your profits, just like you saw in the example earlier with how banks make money. That is a reality. That is a true reality that can happen inside your own world. But you have to be willing to face the facts of where you are. You have to be willing to face the facts that the system that we are taught, the system that we are we are putting our money into and that we are taught to follow and our kids are taught to follow and everybody's taught to follow is completely broken. It will not get you where you want to go. They're telling you to chase a rate of return. What's the next hot stock? What's the next get rich quick deal? Just stay the course. Just stay the course. Don't worry about it. Don't look at your statements. No worries. But go ahead and lose 30, 40, 50% during this market downturn, this correction, right? Go ahead and lose all that. And how many years are you going to have to work extra to put that back in there? Or if you had a banking system set up that was absolutely powerful and was able to get better no matter what, it doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter what's happening in the S&P. It doesn't matter what's happening if we're one, one tweet away, one, one market correction away from losing everything. And you still stand strong and it's been around for 200 plus years, 200 plus years versus something that is called a security and is the most unsecure place to put your money. So if you want a different result in your financial world and your own personal economy, you have to be willing to face the facts that this system that we are taught is failing you. Have you ever considered that the banks and the creditors, they actually want you to fail? They actually want you to fail. They actually want you to stay stuck because if you stay stuck in debt, if you stay stuck in their need, they control it. They control the money. But what if you financed everything that you bought through your own bank? All of a sudden, you don't need them. What a great feeling. If you know what's really happening, you know exactly what to do. I know I got off on a little bit of a tangent, but this stuff fires me up. And I love it because I've lived it. And I'm continuing to live it. And I'm continuing to follow it myself. The more I follow it, the more I live it the more results I can share with you and the, the more examples that I can give you, the power that I can tell you about because I was in your seat. If you're sitting there and you're participating in the Wall Street game, I was there. I was there more than you could ever even imagine because sitting there as a typical financial planner for five years, telling people that that was the way, I learned the ins and outs. I learned what was happening. So it's not like I come to you naive about how this situation and how this world works and how the typical financial planning works. I'm not naive to how it works. But I had to be open-minded. I had to be open-minded to finding what was the truth 
around what was happening inside of this world, inside what happening inside of your money and what happens inside of these qualified plans. Because one of the most precious things that we have in this world is time. We can't get time back. You have one shot at this. And I didn't want to miss that opportunity. So when I saw this system, I learned it. I continue to learn it. I continue to surround my, myself with people who know it and that live it. And I learn from them and I learn from the best. So I can turn around and teach it to you. Because every single person that comes through this system, their life has changed forever. The main idea here is that you can build your own bank. You can make these massive profits without having to waste your time chasing a rate of return. So if you were generally interested in how to really make this work for you, do yourself a favor, go to Amazon, buy the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, Unlocking the Infinite Banking Concept, Nelson Nash. Once you finish the book, reach out. Reach out, ask questions. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's see how we can put this into your own action and into your own world. Listen, I really appreciate you spending some time with me again. I hope you're having a great week. I hope things are well in your family. I hope things are well in, in your world with your, with your life, with your business. If you have kids, I hope everything is well with them. We're going to continue down this road and we're going to continue to learn. We're going to continue to teach this infinite banking concept. I really appreciate you spending some time with me and have a great rest of your week. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week. If you have questions, please reach out. Leave a review if you have an opportunity to. I really do appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. Are you an independent business owner or a real estate professional who's ever felt like you're out on this island alone, going through this journey of life and business, and there's nobody else around you experiencing the same challenges and problems that you face every single day? Have you ever felt like you just needed somebody to talk to? Somebody who got it. Somebody who has experienced the same challenges that you face. Somebody who could bring some perspective into your world. Or maybe you're tired of trying to figure this game of life out alone and you want to talk to somebody about your specific challenges and how to break free of the chaos. I want to introduce to you high performance coaching for independent business owners and real estate professionals who want to unlock their life's purpose and passion access the power across all areas of life, including their health and their wellness, mindset and belief, relationships and family, and gain control of their money so that you can create a life of prosperity and abundance and ultimately reach financial freedom. Head over to the show notes to learn more about high-performance coaching. Stay tuned for next week's episode, and thanks again for joining me.